0: If we think about upskilling and making sure we have lifelong learning opportunities, we need to have a system that better recognises the skills that people have, and then uses those as the launch pad to tap into the system to acquire more skills.
1: Hello, and welcome to KPMG's Talking Tertiary Podcast, where we reimagine tertiary education for a changing world. I'm Stephen Parker, KPMG's education sector leader in Australia. During this podcast series, we'll be talking about the key issues facing tertiary education with some of the leading experts in the sector. As industries and skills evolve, the whole ecosystem will need to respond quickly. In this episode, I talk with Jenny Lambert, Director of Employment Education and Training at the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, to hear about the views from employers. Here's the interview, which we recorded in November 2018 in Canberra. Welcome, Jenny, and thank you for joining me today on Talking Tertiary.
0: My pleasure, Stephen.
1: The future of Australia is going to depend on many things, but a thriving economy is clearly one of them. As the Director for Employment and Training at ACCI, the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, you must have a great vantage point looking across the country, and I'd love to hear your views to open the discussion out on how the tertiary education system is supporting business and any areas where you think it could improve.
0: Yes, Stephen, it certainly is an interesting position we're in. We have over 80 industry associations and state chambers who belong to the Australian Chamber, and they bring a diverse perspective from across the economy. They have a lot of satisfaction points about the tertiary system in terms of they're aware of the employer and student satisfactions across the system, but they also have a lot of frustrations with the system and there are a lot of areas that need to be really looked at in terms of whether it's going to be fit for purpose for us moving forward. One of the key areas for us is the vocational education and training system, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. really can best be described as a policy basket case in terms of the inconsistencies across the system. But we're also very conscious of making sure that across the whole of the system, we maintain an evidence-based approach Mm. with an informed market. Getting information out to parents, to would-be students, to people looking for jobs is fundamental to making sure that these systems, these tertiary education systems, continue to produce the skills needed for the economy.
1: Well, let me pick up that very last point, but I do want to work my way back into your earlier points about TAFE, VET, and some frustrations you might have. But on the skills for the future point, we hear a lot about a fourth industrial revolution coming our way. Whether you agree with that as a label, clearly there's a lot of technological and other change afoot. Do you think we're ready for it as a country?
0: I think we're certainly focusing on it, in some ways over-focusing on it as though it's the future. The future of work has become the new buzzword Mm. and it's been like that for a few years now. But at the end of the day, the future of work is now. The work continues to evolve. It's not like one day we're in the second industrial revolution (laughs) and the next day we're in the fourth. These things are evolutionary. And although there are specific inventions that can really mix things up, by and large, across the whole economy, those changes are revolutionary. And it's how we continue to see the system adapting to those changes that is fundamental. Rather than us to keep thinking about planning for the future, we also, very importantly, need to plan for now. And that is no more true than for a student looking out into what jobs they're going to look at for their future career. Because the issue for them going from education into work is securing that first job. It's not trying to work out what in 20 years' time they'll need to have. Those things will evolve. They'll get those skills as they go into the work. In the same way as you and I will need to continue to get more skills as we move through our career. That's true of everyone throughout their career. But getting that first job is about making sure that the education system is delivering the skills needed for the current workplace, not 10 or 15 years' time, and that's really fundamental.
1: Okay, let me pick up the lifelong learning point you're making, that over the years we will pick up new skills, we'll retrain, we'll upskill and so forth. We have to have a system that helps us do that. I mean, some people can do it on their own and teach themselves, but by and large they're going to need a training market in upskilling, in lifelong learning. Do you think we have a functioning training market in that sense today?
0: Certainly we don't have a nationally consistent approach to funding, certainly not in vocational training. We have a national system, obviously, for higher education, but the two systems don't work well together in terms of their funding and policy approaches. So that's the first problem, if you like, is trying to get that what the Swiss and the Germans call permeability Mm -hmm. in the system so that people can start off in one system and move to the other in a fairly seamless way. And I think from our point of view, it's a bit clunky. And even within the vocational training system, the recognition of prior learning is very clunky and it's not well funded or there's not good policy underpinnings that encourage training providers to recognise that prior learning. So if we think about upskilling and making sure we have lifelong learning opportunities, we need to have a system that better recognises the skills that people have and then uses those as the launch pad to tap into the system to acquire more skills. So there's a lot of things we can do to make that lifelong learning a reality. And there's a lot of things we can do to make sure that lifelong learning is complemented by a lifelong approach to careers advice and development.
1: Well, thank you. Yes, I see that. I said we would possibly go back to some of the frustrations that you have and you've mentioned clunkiness in the system, which I guess is part of it. You've mentioned the need to be adaptive. Tell me your views then on the tertiary institutions. Are they themselves adaptive and responsive to the changing world around us? And I'm including universities as well as TAFE and other VET providers.
0: Well, I certainly think that some of the providers are trying their best to work with industry The vocational training system has a good, if you like, experience or history of working with industry fairly closely. The universities are less slow, and we see that in a lot of evidence about the extent to which industry and universities collaborate. Certainly for vocational training, there is that history of collaboration and responsiveness. We certainly see in the vocational training system the problems with quality Mm. and the excesses of poor quality and the way that providers are driven not necessarily to aim for high-quality training. They're looking for short-term profit-making outcomes, and that's definitely a problem across that particular system. So there is a range of issues that we're very frustrated that need to be dealt with in terms of quality, but the biggest single thing is the policy inconsistency across the whole system and the funding inconsistency is just not fair for a person who seeks to do a childcare diploma to pay 25%, 50% more in one state versus another, and it's certainly not fair that they can't get access to loan scheme in the same way. I mean, they can get VET student loans, but it's very restricted, it's capped, and it has a premium attached to doing VET. So why does the person wanting to do a career in childcare diploma pay a higher price in a relative sense to someone doing a university course or becoming a plumber. That inconsistency and inequity in the system is terrible across states and it's terrible within disciplines. And I think they're the things that we really need to resolve.
1: Well, you're pushing at an open door with me on this one in the report that we published in August on reimagining the tertiary system. We talked about the state inconsistencies, the seven different income contingent loan schemes The distortion of choice that exists because of different arrangements in different parts of Australia, it certainly seems that something needs fixing up from a national viewpoint.
0: It definitely does. There's no doubt that Australia will be better served by a national approach to policy and funding in the tertiary system. And obviously in higher ed, that's more easily attained because higher ed is funded solely by the Commonwealth Government But the number one step, and you certainly recommended it as recommendation one in your report as well, is we have to get the premiers and the first ministers to actually recognise that it has to be fixed. And I think that's not about starting from this is the way down to the machinery of how you fix it, but they actually have to recognise that we're not well served by the current system.
1: Can I shift the focus then to skill shortages? I've been looking at lists that the Commonwealth puts out and done my own numbers of the areas which were skill shortages nationally in 2017 and had featured for many years in the previous decade. And there are some persistent offenders in the skill shortages list. So it seems like nothing gets better in this area of skill shortages. Am I wrong?
0: Certainly for some industries, they'd say that it's definitely virtually a permanent problem for them. I mean, one that comes to mind straight away is chefs in the tourism and hospitality sector. They're always in shortage. And that's exacerbated by the fact that there's been a drop off in the number of people doing apprenticeships in cookery. And it's also by the fact that the number of migrants coming in in chefs has also gone down. So they're really feeling it just at the time when the industry continues to grow. I mean, the tourism industry
1: Mm, has got tremendous
0: growth and indeed projected to grow a lot more. So that is an area where it has a real problem in attracting people. They've traditionally had one of the highest apprenticeship wages in the country, but there are obviously a whole range of issues that need to be dealt with to try and attract more people into that. There are shortages in construction caused by the huge investment now in infrastructure going on. So you're seeing civil building desperately in need of people and certainly all the way down through into the household building sector there's a whole range of skills that's been persistently needed for the last five or six years because of that construction boom. I mean, I think these issues are not easily fixed. Obviously there is a time lag in from the time of attracting people into starting the training versus when they finish. That creates real bottlenecks for industry which are desperate for the skills, but we've got to better inform the market. We just have not shifted in our approach to better informing the market so people are making decisions blind of where the shortages are.
1: Well, Jenny, it's been terrific talking to you. To finish, I'm going to grant you one wish. If you had one wish to fix up the relationship, let's say, between tertiary education and training and the world of work, what would it be?
0: My one wish would be for there to be national leadership in the area of vocational education and training and a commitment from the first ministers across the country to actually trying to fix the problem. I think that would be a tremendous step forward. There's a lot of other things we could do, but that's the area of greatest frustration because they really have not been willing to accept that the system is in need of urgent repair.
1: Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you for coming to see us and for talking tertiary with KPMG.
0: My pleasure. Thanks very much, Stephen
1: Well, that was my conversation with Jenny Lambert. It's clear that some of the inconsistencies in the Australian tertiary system can have a real impact on the students and those looking to study. Do send us your feedback, subscribe and rate us wherever you find your podcasts. You can also get in touch by email, talking tertiary at kpmg.com.au or on Twitter, I'm at Stephen Parker ED. And you can also find out more about our thinking on the education sector at kpmg.com slash au slash education future. Thanks for listening and speak with you next time on Talking Tertiary.